Welcome to the Tech Report Podcast, where we help businesses survive, thrive, and create value. Well, welcome everybody to the Tech Report, the podcast that is all about helping businesses survive, thrive, and create value, especially in our trying environment today. Well, I'm your host, Brad Stoller. You know, I don't know about you, but it's actually starting to feel, you know, somewhat, I'm going to use this loosely here, but normal. You know, people are about, schools are back in session, the NFL is playing, and traffic, my favorite thing, traffic is starting to get more congested. Boy, did I miss that. (laughs) But yet, each one of those things that I mentioned, they've had to make some tremendous changes in order to continue. So schools are open, yes, that's true, but there's a lot of remote learning going on. It's a big change and there's some issues going on there. The NFL, yeah, they're playing, but there's nobody in the stands. It's really kind of (laughs) creepy. I guess especially for the players. Restaurants are open, but in our area, they're only open at about 50% capacity. That's not sure if that's enough for them to even break even, but at least, you know, they're open. So yeah, we're all out shopping, but everybody has to wear a mask. So it's just a crazy world we now live in and nobody really knows you know, when we're going to be able to put our mask away for good or maybe we never will, you know, who knows? You know, and a lot of times when there's changes like this, big changes, a lot of people have fear that starts to develop. You know, uncertainty is just a breeding ground for fear, but it also spawns the biggest leaps in some businesses. And it's usually those who embrace new changes in technology. So our guest today specializes in helping businesses use technology in order to not only stay competitive, but also to take that next step into the land of incredible opportunity, which is what we're going to talk about today. So our guest today is Kyle Knapp of Viterium. So he's a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, and he's got 16 years of business IT management experience, as well as the CH or CAHIMS designation, which stands for Certified Healthcare Information and Management Systems. He's got the healthcare thing down pretty well. He also has a, I know this is really difficult to get, but he has a certification of CASP Plus, which stands for, is, well, it's basically it's CompTIA's most advanced cybersecurity certification that they offer. So Kyle knows his stuff. Another one of the areas I noticed is that he's a member of the Vistage Group, which is a CEO peer group focusing on issues in business. So you put all this together, and I think you've got somebody who understands business and really how to network and protect it. So, Kyle, welcome to the Tech Report. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me. Well, it's, uh, it took me a while to get through that introduction, but gosh darn it, you, you, <laughs> you got a lot of things going on, and there's just so much going on in the world, and, and I'm kind of excited to have you aboard here today. Maybe you can help clarify you know, some things out there that people are, you know, you have some questions about. So, But before we get into that, uh, if you could just take a couple seconds, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you ended up helping businesses with their technology. Sure. Uh, So as you mentioned, I uh, graduated from the Naval Academy. I had a degree in computer science. 
Uh, I spent the next six years as a surface warfare officer, but didn't really get a chance to work with technology. Uh, so I left the service. I returned to my hometown of Saxonburg, which is uh, located north of Pittsburgh, uh, where I worked for a manufacturing company as the IT manager. Uh, but for as long as I can remember, I've always had the dream of business ownership of having my own company. So uh, after 16 years, I left there and started Viterium. Awesome. So just like everybody else, it sounds like you've got the bug to own the business. <laughs> Absolutely. And now you, your bug is allowing you to think like everybody else that you're serving now because they got the bug too at some point. Gotcha. Well, you know, I mentioned that before that, you know, we're starting to get our economy back and running again, but everything just feels different. So what do you feel are some of the issues that business owners and managers really should be paying attention to in our new world that we're living in here today? Yeah, Brad. So the biggest issues I see are around cybersecurity uh, due to both the increased attack surface caused by more people than ever working remotely. And then all these new government programs, uh, there's a lot of confusion about them. They're all new. People don't really know uh, a, a lot about how they work. So the scammers are taking advantage of that by pretending to help people. They'll you know, send phishing emails, make phone calls, pretending to be from a government agency and, hey, I'm here to help. I'm going to want to give you some money. But instead, all they do is they collect the information and then they use that maliciously, whether that's for ID, for identity theft, uh, or yeah, stealing uh, information, for stealing money from bank accounts, uh, uh, credit card information. Uh, but it's, 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 those are the, the areas where I see the most uh, concern uh, just due to the changes and all, all the things that you had already talked about with uh, the COVID-19 situation. Well, you know, I've heard this and... And for those of you who have seen a few of my episodes, you know that I've been, I've interviewed quite a few cybersecurity specialists, but I, I still have a lot of people that I, I know they think it. Um, I hear it all the time when I'm out and about, but all these business owners are saying, yeah, okay, sure, sure. That's going on. I read about it, but so what? That doesn't affect me. I don't have anything that anybody's going to want. And all my employees are good little angels. They would never, ever, ever let somebody in my network, right? So what do you have to say about that? Well, Brad, I, I, I agree that the, that is the, the mentality. That's what a lot of people are thinking. Uh, but every business has valuable information, whether it's valuable to them or valuable to someone else. Uh, any business can't run without their, their information. I mean, it's like if you were to lose access today to all of your records, your customer contact information, uh, all your accounting information, would your business be able to survive? And, and that's one of the things that uh, the, the attackers, uh, partic particularly with ransomware, are doing. They're, they're not stealing your information. They are just denying you the access to it. And that can happen to, to anyone. So it's um, not really that they want the information, so to speak. They just know that you <laughs> can't operate without the information. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yes. And that sets up, you know, the old thing that's been going on for years and years and centuries and all that. It's called take something hostage, right? And they want a fee for it. That's basically yep. what ransomware, right? Yeah, it's pretty much, uh, it's very similar to, to blackmail, um, although they're not threatening to release your information. They're just threatening not to let you have it. I got you it. Use so. It. So, and of course, when that happens to businesses, then if we really think about it, I guess I'm thinking about it right now here, but if somebody were to hack, let's say on my customer list, for example, and that all my information, 
um, and they have all my operating systems where I really can't do anything. I can't tell, I can't remember everything. So I get this system. Um, so I get that email that says, if you don't uh, pay us, I hear us all in Bitcoin anymore. If you don't pay us 10,000 in Bitcoin or 100,000 if I'm a larger business or a million, whatever it may be, then you, you're out of business basically because they're not going to let you, they're, they're not going to let, they're going to turn it back on, are they? No, no, not unless you pay them. And even if you do pay them, there's still a remote possibility that uh, you're still not going to get access to your, to, to your data. So, and they can do it uh, again. And they can, yeah, yeah, they can keep on doing it to exactly. you. Exactly. So well, that leads me to my next question. But So how can a good technology plan help these businesses survive today and, and also really just take advantage of new ways to do things? I mean, cybersecurity is a big part of it. But so, so where does technology play in all this? Yeah, so a good technology plan can help businesses survive today by keeping total costs down. Uh, so without a plan to govern your technology acquisitions, decisions can be made based on purchase price alone and not the ongoing cost to maintain and update the features over time as the business needs change. Uh, so a good plan should consider projected business needs uh, to enable new technology changes to be anticipated and planned for uh, to reduce the future costs of implementation. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. So just to follow up with that, because I, I, again, I know there's just a lot of businesses out there well, first of all, they're, they're kind of hurting a little bit because we're just kind of coming out of the pandemic. Now, some of now don't get me wrong. Some of these businesses, man, they have been thriving like crazy. Um, but for the most part, the smaller businesses, well, they, they've managed to hang in there. Their budgets are really, really tight. And now they're scared to, to have somebody like yourself come in and help them with their, getting their technology set, updated, whatever it may be because they're afraid it's going to cost them money. <laughs> you know, everybody, right? I mean, am I, am I right or am I wrong? Absolutely, you're correct. So, so what do you say to these, these people who don't really want to spend anything, but they really have the big, they really have a huge need, and your technology really could, it's not about spending money, like you said, it could actually help them become more efficient, which they could actually you know, be miles ahead and more competitive you know, just a few months down the road. So, so what should we say to these people? So I would say focus on the value. Look at what you're getting and what, what it can save your business or what can help you, how it can help you increase your business rather than the, just the cost of that, de of that device. I mean, it's spending, say, even $10,000 for a piece of equipment could be a lot to a, to a small company. Yeah. But if that's going to allow them to have an increase of say a hundred thousand in revenue, wouldn't that be worth it? Or maybe some, they lost some of their employees because maybe some employees, there's still people out there that don't want to go back to work yet. <laughs> that piece yeah. of equipment may be something that can help get through that and maybe they won't need them anyhow. If they sure. Yeah. Can, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It can also uh, lower operating costs. Uh, that's, uh, technology can benefit in many ways. And I, I try not to focus on specific technologies, but right. rather what the, the business need is, what would help the business the most, and then find a way to implement the technology that would help uh, in that area the most. Okay, good stuff. So well, I'm just kind of curious. So you tell us a little bit about how you help your clients. You know, what's the first thing you would do, let's say for somebody that is just simply not sure if their business network is really doing everything it should for them. What would you do? 
Yeah, the first thing I do is a baseline assessment of not just their network and equipment, but also their policies and procedures related to IT. Uh, so yeah, I do a scan of the network, uh, you know, ch check and make sure that everything uh, seems to be running okay, that there aren't any, uh, um, any issues or unknown devices on the network. I, I find out a lot that uh, there's things plugged into someone's network that they didn't know was there. Um, that can Imagine be, that. Uh, a, yeah, like a rogue <laughs> wireless access point where someone's, yes, yeah, sharing their, uh, their, their, net, their internet connection that they, that they didn't know about, mm. uh, or a, a device that's just older that's been sitting there and, you know, it's in an office out of the way no one knows about. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, the, the technology perspective, but then also uh, the policies and procedures are just as important uh, because about 90% of breaches are caused by employees and most of them aren't intentional. They are you know, something the employee just didn't know how to do it correctly or they weren't sure what they were supposed to do. They did something wrong and, and, and that caused a problem. It either you, know, you lost information or it allowed an attacker to, to get access to it. Uh, so the so the policies are just as important. So uh, in case you hadn't uh, caught it, I, I focus a lot of my intention on cybersecurity. Uh, so the, initially, I, I do a risk analysis based on the overall environment to help develop risk mitigation strategies. That's that's really the first thing I want to do is just make sure that their current environment is as safe and secure as possible uh, before we really look at any specific uh, technologies that they yeah, make. Exactly, and 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 that's and in today's world, again, I've done a lot of interviews with a lot of really, you know, top cybersecurity specialists in the world. You know, they've been on this show. Um, I've learned a lot about it, but most business owners haven't been in my position where they can maybe learn. So we got to get it out to them. But, but I know a lot of business owners really just don't understand why remote workers can be an issue to their networks. Um, so again, what do you say to those business owners out there who just don't seem, you know, to think that there are any issues, you know, sending their people, if they're thinking they're doing a good thing, they're helping their workers out, the workers seem to be more happy. Um, and most of them anyhow, but, what kind of real issues are there when, when you've got a remote workforce, especially now that they've been at it for you know, a couple months now? Yeah, Brad, so there, there are a few vulnerabilities that can be introduced by implementing remote work practices. Uh, so think about it, if a remote worker can easily access the corporate data, what's to keep a bad actor from doing the same thing? Uh, this is especially true if the employees are using their own devices. Uh, yeah, they yeah, have their own exactly. computer at home. They're they're getting on it. You have no idea what type of security or if any security is even in place on that uh, on that device. So there's there's so such little control over how the employee is accessing the information that uh, it really opens up uh, a, a hole in uh, the overall cybersecurity stance of of the business. Well, I was just talking to somebody not too long ago, and um, not that I'm into this. Okay, so let's get this out in the open right now. Okay, <laughs> but I believe. The, I think they said the number four most visited website in the world is a pornographic site. I've heard the same thing. <laughs> did you hear that too? I thought I, I, I heard, heard that. that well. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. But I think about it, I, I guess. I but now somebody's <laughs> kind of visiting that porn site, which is a, I, you, you hear all the jokes about, you know, somebody got a virus. Oh, you're on a porn site, right? It's a joke, but it's really not a joke, is it? <laughs> That's one of the no, ways. No, it's not. That... I, and actually, uh, uh, just yesterday, I was uh, remote remoting in to help uh, an employee of a company. I, I, won't, I won't 
say the name of the company for the uh, sake of the innocent, uh, protect the innocent. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and even actually even the, uh, the not so innocent, but uh, <laughs> uh, we were, I, I told him to go to a, a particular website um, to, to check on something and he you know, started typing in PO and sure enough, uh, mm. the uh, auto, auto uh, fill, auto suggestion filled out the, uh, the, the name of that website. So I, I knew what he was doing. And that's just, a, that's a good example of, yeah. so he was accessing, uh, corporate information on a uh, personal device that had been exposed to potentially uh, malicious code. Malicious probably, probably was infected. And that gentleman uh, that you're talking about should probably understand how to at least delete the cache. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't show up. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, exactly. So I just thought I heard that. And I thought, you know, that, that just makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense, but um, oh well. So those are the types of things to business as a business owner, right? You're in the peer group with the CEO or the Vistage group. So, you know, you're, the people in your group, they need to be aware of this. Their employees, you know, who knows what they're doing uh, with, with that, whether it's a company issue, you know, laptop or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, and, and, and you know what, just, and just to be clear, it's not, the, it's not employees necessarily doing bad things either. It right. could be an employee that they've got a kid at home. They, they, they need to keep them occupied. They let them get on and yeah, browse the web and do some, some looking up and they, they may go to a, a website unintentionally. It's yeah, it's not always the fault of the employee, but th that's the kind of concern that there is and why, you know, remote work can cause uh, additional problems uh, that have to be considered and, and, and addressed. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a pornographic site. So that was just an example. It's just a shocker when I heard it, but but it could be really anything, and uh, it could be something that um, you know I, I've been hit. It seems like once or twice a day that I, I since I kind of know about this stuff. But um, you know, there's been a a charge to your account. You know. So they want you to go to what looks like your credit card company page. Of course, you got to log in, but as soon as you do, you know they've got you. Yep. So it doesn't have to be bad. But so we've covered quite a bit in a short amount of time. But what are we missing? I mean, what do you think is extremely important for business owners that we just haven't discussed yet? Yeah. So I I think it's extremely important for all businesses to have a good relationship and partnership with whoever they choose to work with on their information systems and cybersecurity practices. Uh, it's not an area that should be addressed only when there's a specific need or a problem happens. Uh, by the time a problem happens, it, it can already be too late and, and the damage is done. It's just something that really has to be uh, looked at ahead of time in you know, the proper uh, practices put into place. Uh, I mean, you, you can't get rid of all risk, but you can uh, uh, come up with a plan to mitigate it as well as you as, as you can and come up with alternative uh, scenarios so that even if something does happen it doesn't uh, it's not a, you're not at risk of going out of business um, and also things change I mean COVID is is really changed the environment out there I think it's cybersecurity is, is more important uh, to be addressed than ever uh, there's there, there's more risks than ever uh, yeah just the changing situation uh, really uh, a good good partnership. If you haven't talked to your IT provider or cybersecurity provider in the last, in more than three months, you probably should either get a hold of them or find someone who will uh, work with you more closely to make sure that, uh, that you're protected. That's really good advice. And I'm sure that there's going to be a few people that, you know, they, they're going to have some questions when they're, when they get done listening or, or viewing this episode. So first of all, where all do you? Where all does Viterium service? 
so I can cover uh, yeah, pretty much anywhere in the world remotely, but uh, I mostly focus on uh, the local southwestern Pennsylvania region, uh, the greater Pittsburgh area, roughly an hour and a half driving distance from Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, I go north to Meadville, east to Indiana, south to Wheeling, West Virginia, and then west uh, into Youngstown. Gotcha. So, so how do people get in touch with you? And then the last question I'm going to have is, um, what do you suggest would be the next steps if somebody did want to at least, you know, I don't know, test out their, their, their infrastructure to see if it's doing everything it should be doing. What should they do and how do they get all of you? Uh, yeah, so my, yeah, my website uh, is www.viterium.net. That's spelled V-I-T-E-R-I-U-M. I can be reached by email at kyle.nap at viterium.net. Uh, my last name is spelled K-N-A-P-P. Um, it can also be contacted by phone. It's 724-200-7082. Uh, it's a text-capable phone, so either give me a call or send me a text. And, uh, yeah, the first step really would be to have a, a, a brief conversation uh, about your environment and, uh, yeah, schedule an on-site assessment, which, uh, yeah, I, I do for free. That sounds great. So, well, once again, a big thanks to Kyle Knapp for taking time out of his busy schedule to really kind of help educate us a little bit more and about what's going on in the world of technology. So Kyle, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Brad. The pleasure was all mine.